Nieves. Welcome to the Have You Seen This podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Wilson, here with my good friend and co-host, Jake Spencer. What's up? Who is still broadcasting from the bottom of a abandoned missile silo. <laughs> uh, but this is a show where one of us suggests a movie to the other. And we watch it during the week and then discuss it on the show. The movie in question this week was Money Talks from 1970 or 1997. <laughs> starring Chris Tucker, Charlie Sheen, Heather Locklear, Elise Neal, and a few others. It's a movie about a small-time huckster, who is Chris Tucker's character, sought by police and criminals uh, for a alleged murder of police officers. He makes a deal with a TV newsman, who's Charlie Sheen, for protection in exchange for exclusive stories, uh, exclusive story for the uh, reporter, for Sweeps Week, apparently. So, yeah. me, this was a movie that it was either on TBS or TNT all the time, in like the early two thousands. Oh so yeah. Like, yeah, like I guess it'd be in the mid two thousands, like late middle school, high school. So I've seen it probably 20 times just because it was on TV all the time. Okay. This is probably the first time I've ever watched the non-edited for TV version, though. That's a, I was actually going to ask about that because there is so much swearing and all that stuff in this movie. There's no way it would have made it on TV. But yeah, I mean, it was – it was, uh, and it wasn't even like they just bleeped the words or whatever. It was the ADR where they just changed like – what, yeah. late, late in the movie where he says, you can't shoot me in my nuts, man. I need my nuts. In the TV version, it was Guts. Jacob, had you ever heard of this movie before? I have only heard of it and seen the cover of it. I had never actually seen like a trailer. I had no idea what this was about. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's a funny movie. Uh, yeah. Funny like action movie, which is weird. Yeah. Um. So we'll just hop right in to the categories. What were some things you did not like or problems you had with the movie, Jake? My first one was at the beginning scene, and I said, that's an unrealistic portrayal of L.A. traffic, even in 1997. (laughs) 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 Like, especially, like, because, you know, it was kind of, like, later in the day or whatever. Yeah, he's just zipping around, no problem. Yeah, even, like, getting onto that, onto the highway was just super smooth. I'm just like, yep. And then there's, like, the cut where there's, like, he's the only car on the highway. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah. But it, I know it's just a movie, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, Brett Ratner did fix that a little bit in Rush Hour, obviously, because his name is Rush Hour. Yeah, I didn't look up who. Uh, oh, Brett Ratner directed this. Brett Ratner, same, same guy. guy. I, yeah, I Rush forgot Hour. to look up who directed this. Well, that makes sense. 
It feels a lot like, I mean, Rush Hour is like a much more family-friendly version of this movie. I actually talk about that later, if sort of. My problem is the du- if Chris Tucker and the French guy would not have survived the explosion in the bus. Not the at explosion all. The explosion was nuts, no. man. It was like <laughs> a fireball heading up the, 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 the body of the thing, like... When he ducks Chris Tucker down, you're watching this explosion head up the thing. It's like it wouldn't be stopped by a vinyl bus seat. Not at all. Yeah, they would have. If they did survive at all, they would have been severely, severely burned. Yeah. So what's your next one, Jake? Oh, um, uh, I just wrote cops, detectives with no warrant kicking the door, and then I actually wrote I wasn't gonna say anything earlier. But so many cops in this movie just shoot before doing anything else. They're just like, hey, pow, 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 Jake, pow, pow. It's you're, just like, Jake, what the fuck, you're from, man? Jake, you're from California. That's just what the LAPD does. I mean, this was, oh, my God. This, I, I mean, I don't know. That kind of triggered me a little bit just with everything we're seeing in the news, like, all the time. It's just like, bro. Even though yeah. this was made, like, 26 years ago. No, and I wrote, I wrote classic LAPD opening fire as soon as they see a black man that was al- that allegedly committed a crime that That's was one actually... of that was one of my problems that i wrote down because they just yeah. they're in a public like restaurant and they just open yeah. fire on this dude the first thing he says is freeze it's like <laughs> shooting it's just like what what <laughs> yeah and then the you know the the younger detective just starts you know just you know they, they you know they have a good suspicion that he's there at the apartment again and they just kick in the door yeah you know, it's just like, oh, no warrant. Dude, the LAPD in the 90s, man. I guess yeah, even right. today, but... Yeah, it's almost the same thing. Chris Tucker, another thing I said was Chris Tucker doesn't survive the helicopter fall into the water. There's a lot of, like, they shouldn't have survived these things that happened oh, yeah. in, these mov- in this movie. My next one was the main French villain has so much eyeliner. <laughs> he's, a like, big, he's a big uh, late-stage Green Day fan. At first, I was just like, is that what that is? And then, like, once it starts cutting back to him more, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. It's because he's it's because he's French. Yeah. And then, well, you could even see the eyeliner in the dark uh, convenience store that they shot up. Yeah. Like, just, big big they, fan of uh, Robert Smith and The Cure. Loved it <laughs> in the 80s. So who keeps a snub-nosed revolver behind a picture of their fiancé at their work office? Because yeah. Charlie Sheen just pulls that gun out from a picture frame. Yeah. It's like, bro, what are you doing that with that at work? I know, right? It it implies that his news job is inherently dangerous. Or that he's planning on, at some point in time, shooting up that office because he hates everybody. Yeah, that boss is a dick. Yeah. I wrote, for my, it's my last one, though. I wrote, sometimes Chris Tucker being at 10 out of 10 Chris Tucker energy is a little bit much. Yeah. He didn't didn't really have any, he had a couple of subtle, like, moments, but most of the time he was... 100% 100% just Chris Tucker going full on. Yeah, and you run into the same problem with, like, Jim Carrey and pretty much any of those, like, physical comedy guys. Jim Carrey, Chris Tucker, uh, like, Mike Myers, yeah. like, and, like, Robin Williams. Like, they get directors that just let them kind of, like, keep uh, going. yeah, just kind of just vibe in the scene or whatever. And these yeah. du- some of these dudes, if they don't have rank, we we talked about it last week with Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, um, you can get Jim Carrey. That's like Jim Carrey in Sonic the Hedgehog, who is very funny and not crazy. Or you could get Jim Carrey in like Batman Forever, or 
uh, like the cable guy or something where he's just yeah. off the walls like crazy bonkers. Yeah. Um, and having a director that can rein you in a little bit uh, and keep you kind of from breaking the like too much meter. Like you can creep close to the, the, the filling up that meter, but they're not going to let him go all the way. Uh, is pretty uh, is pretty important for these guys. And what's what's funny about that that you mentioned about the director, like the same director who did this did Rush Hour, which Chris Tucker was almost the same character in, but he was he was reined in a little bit more. Yeah, and you know you got Jackie Chan's presence there, yeah. uh, and then this guy who had worked with Chris Tucker before, so he knew what yeah he, what what he was getting into. It's possible he's just like I don't want another another one of those like where yeah. it's just where he's just going off the entire time. Yeah. The whole the whole story about being like I got to keep this guy on ice until Monday because it's yeah. sweeps week on Monday for Charlie Sheen. The story with this murder with these two guys and then obviously Chris Tucker not actually murdering police officers, I feel like is a big enough story to not only break in the weekend but to last through sweeps weeks. It's not like oh, yeah. it would just be like, "Oh, if I break it on Saturday, everyone's going to be over it on Sunday." Yeah, that's what happens nowadays, not in the 90s. Yeah, so I just think, I mean, it's just, it's a plot point, but it's just strange that he's like, I got to keep you on, because the sweeps week starts Monday, so yeah. I just got to keep you on ice. Um, do you have any more, Jake? I have all, I'm all on dislikes. Or okay, I have one more dislike, which was, who keeps an unlocked box of frag grenades in their helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was actually like, a pretty funny scene. Charlie Sheen looks up, and it's just like a holy light from the heavens on this yeah. unlocked box of grenades. And then he picks his handcuffs with the grenade pin. Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> said that they, they foreshadowed that earlier in the movie. Oh, yeah. You can do that. I've done an, how, could you, how do you know how to do that? I've done an investigative report piece on it last year. I love how that's how he knows just about everything. All this stuff. Yeah. He's just like, I did a piece on this. I, I did, did a piece, piece on that. I did a like piece on talking to <laughs> I did a piece on high level street weapons last year. Well, you sound <laughs> like a cop, man. <laughs> so we can hop into our next category, which is favorite parts and lines, Jake. So what were some things that you had? I wrote Brett Ratner really likes filming Chris Tucker driving and singing all animated. Yeah, and Love I think it. I think Chris Tucker likes doing that too. Oh yeah. I mean, Every we, movie... we saw so many things. Like, we saw his Michael Jackson impression. We saw a lot of his dancing that we see in Rush Hour as well. And it's just, you know, we just... Yeah, just I don't think I've seen... I don't Tucker. think I've seen a Chris Tucker movie where he's not doing the Michael Jackson stuff. Yeah. Like, um, he does it in pretty much everything I've seen him in. The scene with the big dude in the jail cell... Yes. Uh, ...is very funny. <laughs> Because he's that, just subtly taking his shirt off and undoing his pants like, while Chris Tucker is like, yeah, I did this and this and this and I did this. And he's like, you did that? You did that? He like you, keeps trying they, to like put his put, arm on him. They put, your hand, they, they put your, their hands on you like that? Like how? Like how do they do it? Just like, like he's trying to touch him or whatever. <laughs> Chris Tucker is just like, nah, nah, dude, quit. I'm stopped. And, uh, and that's really good with, uh, with Chris. T and that's something that Chris Tucker is very good at is he's like, He's just kind of riffing, and he can say like, "Nah, man, quit it, stop playing," and uh, yeah. keep and just keep without missing and a beat, going. go on and, and keep yeah. going with the story. I actually really like that scene because of that. That was funny. Yeah, so that was my first uh, favorite part. 
I my next my next line was don't get mad at me because I'm better than your own shit. Yeah. That was a good yeah. line. His back and forth with with Charlie Sheen is is really good cuz you know Charlie Sheen was like big time in like the 80s. Oh yeah. Uh his career started to go down in the 90s as mm-hmm. uh you know, he was in like major league and he was in ferris bueller for a minute and i mean he was just all over the place and he was always like this cool character in these movies like in in major league which may have came out in the 90s it's the late 80s early 90s um he was like this super awesome relief pitcher Mm -hmm. that was like this bad boy this wild thing um and then this one him being kind of like an uptight even the the his boss at the newsroom says you're just a face you're just a headshot you're not a good reporter uh was pretty cool in this movie just that he's you know kind of like a downtrodden deadbeat guy that's marrying into a rich family i really liked chris tucker's scarface impersonation on the bus oh, yeah. his al pacino was very good it was very funny he keeps like uh he just keeps like you want to play rough okay okay it's really it was really funny yeah that was a good one and on that note i also thought it was very brave of him to just not be intimidated by any of these other prisoners at all like yeah but it's also because of his ego he thinks he's just the most bad guy ever yeah he's this like naive idiot in this movie yeah uh i wrote vic damone jr lol <laughs> he's he's the he's shaving in the bathroom is like who does vic damone how does vic damone never heard of him how does vic damone get a fine woman like that <laughs> and then he introduces himself as vic damone jr he's like yeah i used to hang out with sammy davis jr jr and <laughs> and <laughs> frank sinatra jr yeah, frank sinatra jr is just on the phone he's mad about something <laughs> When they're going up to the house, James Russell says, don't say anything about my fiance's weight. She's sensitive about that. Yeah. And Franklin says, man, you must have one of them fat-ass Taco Bell McDonald's eating big booty-ass girls. <laughs> I was going to write that down, but I figured you would. <laughs> and then when he sees her, he calls, He says, man, you fat. But and then I love how he the... says fat like five or six times before he explains yeah, what it means. Yeah, pretty hot and tempting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My next one was uh, when he got up to give this to give the speech, and then the mom is like, "Is that Barry White?" <laughs> she like recognizes the song. Yeah, and the okay. So there's two things about the mom that confuse me. Like the dad loves James Russell at the house at the first yeah. when you see him, super excited. The mom is like, "This guy's a loser." Yeah. And then later on, when the dad finds thinks that that her fiance is wanted for murder, Charlie Sheen, and he finds out that Chris Tucker's not victim on Jr. Yeah. Uh, he's saying the wedding's off, and then the mom's like, no, we can't cancel the yeah. wedding. Uh, I don't know if it's it's just because there's going to be a bunch of people coming, and they would be embarrassing to explain in this high society why the wedding's called off, or yeah. uh, if she really did want her daughter to get married. Yeah, that was that was weird. She kind of had just like a flip, but. I said Heather Locklear with the classic Han Solo, I know, when Charlie Sheen tells her that he loves her before they leave the house. She just says, I know. Classic. (laughs) I wrote, this movie is like Rush Hour, but if both roles were were written with the same ego and a similar type personality-ish. 
Yeah. Like, as far as, like, them wanting to be, you know, the one in charge, them wanting to, you know, not take no for an answer from, like, their partner or whatever. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's just what I got the vibe. You know, about halfway through the movie, I'm like, okay. I said I love... Heather Locklear's dad in this movie, he just believes oh. right off the bat that Chris Tucker is Vic Damone's son and never questions it at all. Like I he love says that. that like he knows Vic Damone and stuff and it's like so you know this guy but you just believe that this random dude is telling you that is his son. Mm-hmm. And he's like I I had my mom make him a mozzarella omelet this scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good line, just like a little one-offer right there. I wrote uh during the auction, them them mouthing and gesturing to each other during the auction was pretty funny. Like even even the dad was just like, like mouthing "f you" to the to the bad guys, like while just trying to bid on this car. Yeah, thought that was hilarious. And right after that, in the car chase where the French henchman is shooting while driving at uh, at Chris Tucker, that homeless man pulls that gun <laughs> out from under the dumpster and shoots at him. <laughs> That was, that was literally my next one. I I lost it at that one. That was so funny. He, he almost got just, oh my gosh, that was so funny. I didn't expect that at all. I'm like, oh, they're going to cut to the homeless people, but what are they going to do? I'm like, he pulls out a gun. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And then I wrote, kind of glad to see a realistic crash scene, you know, where, where the guy does a crazy-ass stunt, but it doesn't pay off. Yeah. You know? Where he does that crazy jump off the bridge, the bridge, and then yeah. immediately just causes a huge accident. And uh, it goes from being a realistic, a realistic depiction to unrealistic because he just gets out of the car and he's yelling at Chris Tucker, who's flipping yeah. him off, but he's like yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> no way he would have actually like been probably again. An, that's another. That. Yeah, that's another aspect of this movie where someone should have died in a part that they didn't. Yeah, but I thought the part where like. You know, in other movies, if the hero did that, that would have been a clean. It would have probably banged up the car a little bit and got oh yeah, get away. that's. I mean, it's like they're ramping those cars off of the bridge in the Fast and the Furious too. That's uh, or too Fast and Furious. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they do that all the time in those fast movies. Like, there's one movie where they drop the cars out of a plane, like a cargo plane, and they pop yeah. a parachute, and then they, right before they're getting to the ground, they they pull they. A detach from the parachutes and they just land on the road and start driving. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with these super pristine, nice cars that they have once they land. Yeah. I really like Aaron and his big bodyguard just throughout yeah, this movie. Um, in the good. in the gun room, he's like, "Do you have really really big problems or do you have itsy bitsy tiny little problems?" <laughs> he's just got different guns. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I- yeah, that and scene, I saw the bazooka. I'm like, ooh, I wonder if he's gonna use that. And then my question gets answered. Like, yeah, and I said the rocket launcher. Uh, they when they show up with the rocket launcher at the end, it's very funny. Dude, and that's actually goes right into my my next like. I said Aaron with the bazooka eating the lollipop, and then yeah. like a minute later he goes, hold this, and then the other dude puts the lollipop in his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that scene made me laugh so hard. Yeah, since we're talking about the Coliseum, I said um, Aaron's big bodyguard laughing when he blows up the dudes that are running up the thing. That makes that made me laugh when I was younger, and it, it still yeah. cracks me up because he's just this big, big, big African-American guy, and he just 
uh, just cracking up laughing at these dudes flying all over the place <laughs> from explosions. I thought that was hilarious. Um, well, that that's actually all of my likes. I tried okay. to write more, but I mean, I just, I yeah, I was just watching mostly. Yeah, if you've I got a, I got some more. So when the Frenchman calls Chris Tucker to tell him that he's got Charlie Sheen, and Charlie Sheen or Chris Tucker pretty much tells him off, but he tells Charlie Sheen to have him shoot him in the medulla oblongata, but he keeps saying medulla oblongata. Yeah, thought that was very funny, and then um. He's tough talking the French guy about about stuff, and he tells him he hangs up on him, and he tells his his girl his girlfriend he'll call back, and then oh, his phone mom rings, calls. and he answers the phone. He goes, "Listen, to it, and then his mom says, "You better watch your mouth." He goes, "Mama, mama, mama, I didn't know it was you. I'm sorry, I didn't know it was you." Uh, I forgot about that part, and I <laughs> laughed for a good twenty thirty seconds at that. I was about to write that down as well, but I forgot to. But yeah, that was hilarious because I did not expect that. I was just like, okay, he's going to call back normal. But his mom calling was <laughs> perfect. Quit believing whatever you think you see on the news. Quit watching the news. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is like I kind of would see like a, you know, maybe the Rush Hour Chris Tucker is also like a clone of this one where they live in the same universe because then, you know, where he's just like in, in rush hour, he's just like my my family is ashamed that I'm a uh, a cop. It's like they all, they tell everybody I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> you could make it a whole multiverse. Um, Chris Tucker. Yeah, like uh, Miles Morales being related to his his uncle, who's a villain in the Spider Man. Yeah, universe. something like that. The shootout in the Coliseum is really great. Mm. I used to watch the movie just to watch that part when it was on TV. Uh, like, if I turned it on, it was, like, halfway through. I would sit until just so I could watch the Coliseum fight because it's cool. Yeah. Um, the principal in the Breakfast Club being a crooked cop with after the diamonds at the end was a surprise when I first watched this movie. Yeah. Um, you mess with the bull, you get the horns guy. Yeah, horns. Oh, I did have one more, kind of. Yeah. Um, it's funny how in a lot of these movies, you know, like Brett and Ratner and with Chris Tucker, where they have, like, a – where they have to – you know, get money or, you know, the diamonds or whatever. Chris Tucker always keeps something, you know. In, like, Rush Hour 2, he still has, like, fat stacks of money. But yeah. then he, but, you know, he explains, like, I went to the tables this morning. Or he's like, I was still hot. <laughs> but in this one, you know, he kept some diamonds and yeah. then shows his, you know, diamond studded earring. I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Classic. Classic. I said it was a good move to put the grenades under the helicopter. After he pulled the pins, he put them under the little landing platforms. Yeah. Landing legs. Uh, and then Chris Tucker, when they are beating up the French guy on the 50-yard line, uh, Chris Tucker is keeps saying, we got to go, we got to go. He's just kicking that guy as he's <laughs> saying it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we got to go. He keeps beating him up. <laughs> that was actually hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that was all... Like you said, the wedding scene at the end where he opens up the ring and it's a big diamond that he kept. Yeah. Um, and Charlie Sheen's is like, this is a sacred event. And he says, this is sacred. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's, it's all legal. No one knows about it. <laughs> and then he says, Lord, forgive me. He says, he will. Now get married. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. I did I did like, like you said earlier, their character, their interactions. Like, because most of my exposure of Chris Tucker – that's a weird way to say it. it was Rush Hour <laughs> one and two? Because um, I watched Rush Hour one and two probably well over forty times each. Like I've seen those movies probably more than I've seen many other movies. Um, and uh, you know, I'm just used to him, you know, interacting with 
Jackie Chan and they have different personalities, but it, it was funny to see him interact with somebody with almost like the same stubbornness and personality where they like almost equally hate each other the same amount throughout the movie. Yeah, and then by the end of the movie, he can you imagine being Charlie Sheen's best man before, and then the this all these events happen, and he walks up to you, who's probably you've probably known Charlie Sheen's character for years and years and years, and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna give this, I'm gonna let this guy who I met on Friday be my best man now." Yeah, because he saved my life. Well, I mean that could be why, but yeah, honestly. Charlie Sheen got himself involved. So yeah, I mean, he if it, Charlie Sheen wouldn't have been messing around trying to get bust him for a news report at the first of the movie, none of this would have happened. Yeah. So it was all Charlie Sheen's fault. It was funny in that beginning scene where like the detectives get there, and then he like does like the little nose wipe from the sting to be like, "That's him." Yeah. Which, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, why would he do that? They already knew who. <laughs> Chris Tucker's character was. So. It's just uh, the ego thing you're talking about. Yeah. He thinks he's this like big time. He thinks he's this big time investigative journalist. And then yeah. his boss is like, no, this is garbage. No one wants to watch this. Yeah. Um, Would you recommend this movie to a friend, Jake? I would. Yeah. I mean, it was. It wasn't bad. You know, I liked it, actually. I didn't expect it. Um. It did come out a year before Rush Hour, so, which, it kind of makes sense. There's a lot of similarities, but as you said, you know, Rush Hour was kind of like this, but made for more family style audiences. But both yeah. good, you know. And uh, but yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah, it's funny and entertaining. Chris Tucker is great. Charlie Sheen is pretty good. They have really good rapport between each other. Yeah, they had great. They had actually pretty good chemistry for. People that I've never seen work together before, that worked out really well. Yeah, and then later on in the movie, there are some really good action set pieces with cool explosions and gunfights mm-hmm. and stuff that's fun to watch. So yeah, I would recommend it. I would recommend it to a friend. Yeah. Does it hold up in 2021, Jake? Um, probably. I mean, aside from tech, I mean, they did use cell phones. They weren't the same. Yeah, and this just could be me misspeaking from not watching stuff like this much anymore. But I think this, I mean, this type of movie, kind of like it got, I think Rush Hour is a big part of it. Because Rush Hour is so big, and it was a lot more, it's like a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Uh, And that's where, like, instead of pulling, like, like Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart and all those guys that do these like funny action movies instead yeah. of pulling from stuff like money talks or whatever, these comedy action movies that are really vulgar and stuff. Yeah. They pull from rush hour, which is a lot more accessible to families that could watch yeah. it and things to where you're not having, if it could play on TV, you don't have to change all the words. Yeah. I so I think this type of movie doesn't hold up in 2021 because like if this movie was made in 2021, it would be Kevin Hart and like The Rock. Yeah, and, and it, it would be, be like on a, HBO Max. Yeah, it would be like this big like family friendly like friendly like PG PG thirteen like soft oh, PG thirteen yeah. movie. That's a fair point, but I was just yeah this I was one thinking like some parts do do like I don't want to say that some things age well, but some things haven't changed as far as yeah. I mean it's like. I mean, Deadpool, those Deadpool movies um, are just like this. 
yeah. with the vulgarity and the violence, uh, probably even dialed up, you would say probably five times more like a bunch. Oh, more. yeah. Uh, but this being a solid R and being very funny and entertaining, uh, it did tank at the box office, so that probably plays into a little bit of why okay. these things aren't made like this anymore. But again, Deadpool uh, is kind of showing that you can make funny R-rated movies and people will go see them. So this um, tanked? I didn't know that. I yeah, mean, it didn't I make it didn't make very that... money. It didn't very make very much money in the box office. At least uh I always just go off what it made opening. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was just seeing stuff where just like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, money talks. It's it was always yeah. like four stars it, or like I mean, it stars. got it got played on TV all the time. Like yeah. seriously, it was it got syndicated and was playing a lot. So just another uh, one of those. It um, made it was a bu- the budget for the movie was twenty five million opening weekend. It made ten. Ooh. It grossed forty. Okay, so it still made money back, but it made money you know, back, but like it didn't like hit it out of the park immediately. Um, and I don't know how gross works into like TV syndications and DVDs and all that this stuff. Because yeah, this was also this was also another one that was on DVD and you could get it for five bucks pretty much oh, yeah. everywhere rewatchability i said it was on tv all the time so obviously people were watching it or they wouldn't have played it all the time um i've seen it a bunch and i'll probably rewatch it at some point again this is the first time i've watched it in i don't know probably 10 15 years but um if it's just like i said if it was just on or i'm hanging out with my dad and it's just on tv or whatever i would sit and watch it again it's it's a good movie yeah i i agree i mean i thought it was funny I mean, once I just, you know, got over the whole Chris Tucker being him for the entire movie, because usually, you know, I was expecting him to kind of like calm down for like a couple minutes, like he did in Rush Hour and Rush Hour 2, where he did have some moments where he wasn't, you know, full 10, where he was at like maybe like a 6 or 7. But this one, I was just like, once I got used to him being at full 10, I'm like, okay, I got this. Okay. But yeah, it's, I, I, I'd, I'd rewatch it. Yeah, I don't, I like Rush Hour 1 and 2 more. Yeah. But that's because, I love Jackie Chan films. Yeah, and Jackie and, Chan's great in those movies. Yeah. Um, and is there, like, Rush Hour 2 is, I mean, that's the one I've probably seen the most out of all the yeah. Rush Hour movies. And it's a, it's a super great movie. It's really oh, cool yeah. kung fu stuff. Jackie Chan's very funny. He does a bunch of crazy stunts. And then you got Chris Tucker, you know, flim flamming around doing his stuff in the movie yeah. it's very good i like how you say it, it was flim flamming around <laughs> that's like a perfect description of what he does in these <laughs> um fun facts i couldn't find much there was like six on imdb yeah, there wasn't a lot but we can you just uh go ahead and read them off i only wrote down like three of them okay i'll, I'll just read a couple of them so chris tucker wears a styrofoam hairpiece through the entirety of the movie <laughs> It's not real hair. It had to have been uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, man. The jail scene with Faison Love listening to Chris Tucker explain his arrest was not originally scripted. Love visited Tucker on the set during the filming of that scene, and the director expressed his uncertainty for the written scene, which had another man chasing Tucker around the cell. The director proposed that Love and Tucker do the scene. The two came up with the dialogue and movements moments before filming, and it took 89 takes to finalize that scene due to uncontrolled laughter from the actors and director. Oh, my God. 89 so, takes, man. It was like 
that whole scene was just all improv. That really funny oh jail gosh. scene at the first. 89 takes. 89 takes, dude. It was like oh. a Kubrick film, dude. Seriously. Uh, my last one that I, the last one that I wrote down was this film essentially marks the last time in which Tucker plays a character who cusses excessively due to Tucker becoming a born-again Christian in the late 90s. Here's a funny one. Paul Servino and Vic Damone, who Tucker claims to be his father, actually went to the same school. That is a fun That's a true fun fact. That is a true fun fact. And, uh, yeah. That's the, I mean, there wasn't much about this movie online. Yeah. Uh, so... That was it. That's all I have, Jake. It's going to be a shorter episode because I'm kind of on a crunch schedule today. But you can find us um, on all social media, uh, the popular ones at least. Uh, we're not any on any crazy alt-right subs or anything like that. But you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Instagram, you can follow us at HYST Podcast. On Facebook, it's HYST Podcast. And then on Twitter, it is Seen This Have You. And you can find our podcast anywhere they're streamed. Uh, if you like our show, leave us a five-star iTunes review. That would be sick. Leave us a little comment. would be cool, too. Uh, just tell us what's up. Tell us we suck. We don't care. We like it. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Ethan Tyler Wilson with no Ian Tyler on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. What about you, Jake? Find me at J A E K Spencer on both Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Well, until next time, I am Ethan Wilson here to tell you to stay safe. You know, wear masks, be courteous to each other, and uh, Jake. And uh, I'm Jake, and uh, you know, be be nice to people and uh, eat some good food and chill out. Yep. We'll see you next time. Bye. Jake here. Next week, we're going to watch There Will Be Blood. And you can actually find that on Netflix. See ya.